Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I'm going to speak on wisdom today. And but first I just want to I just want to talk a little bit. Um, yeah, I know years ago, when I first started working for myself, I was doing a job for an individual, and I, I can't remember how long it took, maybe three or four days, and during this time, he hadn't said nothing to me, he was just, um, the man actually lived there, and he was just watching me work, and during uh, the last day he had seen especially one piece of equipment that I had and he come up to me and he, he told me he said um, I got something I believe you could use and I, I did have noticed that he had a tarp and so he went over there and he pulled the tarp up and there was exactly what I needed and it was actually the tool that I used to call the beast. It was wore out, and here I am. I'm just getting started, so I'm trying to make it work. And so it was one of those deals, and, you know, we speak of how the Lord works on both ends, but I believe literally this man would have gave it to me if I'd have just act like I didn't want it. But I took the serial number down on it, come home, got the price, and, and went back. And I, I offered him a price that probably with any other person would have got me in a fight. Um, but I told him, I said, uh, I'll do this. And you know, he says, um, just load it on your truck and take it off the bill. And I thought, Lord, I hadn't even asked for this. I needed it, but the Lord was good. He was good to me, and I just, I just thank him. And I don't think I've ever, to this day, acknowledged the Lord for doing that. So I thank him. It's been a long time ago, but I still have that tool. And that tool's going nowhere because it's staying with me. And, but... We, and as you know, I, I, I've been here a long time and I have spoke uh, a lot of the years that I had about dirt bikes. It is one of the things that I love. I just grew up loving this. But one of the things that I, especially as age gets more on me, I'm just learning not to say on material things 
that I love that. Because when it comes to the Lord, um, the Lord is my passion. You know, I do love the Lord. I love the Lord and try to love the Lord with, as the Bible says, we know, heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I'm trying with everything that's in me to get away from saying like something that I do love, saying here's my motorcycle and I love it. I'm literally trying to get away from that. And through the years, I, I have, and, and believe me, this is a joke, so do not take it serious. But I have, I have said, um, if I ever go in a coma, told my wife, first thing you do, you pray for me. And now in motocross, when they drop the gate, as it's referred, there's 40 dirt bikes. And if you was to like one, you would love the sound 40 of them makes at one time. You have about five seconds of bliss when 40 of them leaves a gate. So I told my wife, you go and you record that sound and you come to my room and you say, Ken, I'm fixing to play it. And you play that sound. And if I don't open my eyes... You pulled a plug because I ain't coming back. <laughs> now that's just a joke now. That's just a joke now. But I have sense enough to know if I open my eyes, it's going to be the Lord. But I truly do appreciate the things that I have done. But what I'm trying to say is wisdom is teaching me to watch what I say that I love because I love truly the Lord and since we're on wisdom I duly I truly do love the Lord in Matthew 24 I just want to read 24 and 11 and 12 it says and many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many and because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold now many is going to truly claim to speak for God. They are going to do this. And how many of us has said, speaking of evil or sin, it's just everywhere. It is just literally everywhere. It has consumed our world. And then it is everywhere. And iniquity or sin has this perfect medium now. It's not only the lust of man, but now... The, the, um, the internet and others, it, it's, just, it's just literally you have the world at your fingertips. But this here, it says, uh, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. That's agape love. And shall wax cold means to breathe, to blow, and to cool by blowing. Literally, that means the love of many is going to wax cold. You go out into the world, and what that means, it is to cool by blowing. So that is said, you know, this is not going to affect me. That is why when we sing the song, Cover Me, I literally take it serious. Saying, God, cover me. Because I'm going out there. I know sin literally is everywhere. Cover me, God. Don't let me say or don't let me listen to something and say, you know what? That really makes a little bit of sense. No, 
There's many false prophets out there that's saying this and that, and you don't have to do this. But they don't back it up by God's word. So literally, you have to do this. And since we're in Proverbs, Proverbs 29 and 18 says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now that vision there, where there is no vision, that is speaking of divine vision or divine revelation. And it says where there is none of that, the people perish. But that perish, what that means is to lose or to let go. But the sad thing is what's being lost is this Bible, the word. That's why it says, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So where there is no prophetic vision or divine revelation that's going forth, then they're going to keep that, the law, the doctrine that we have. That's why the vision is going to go. So literally, we see ourselves in the last verse of, of Judges. And in those days, there was no king in Israel, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. You talk about wisdom. No king to me means there was no authority. There was simply no authority. And if we are ever in a Judges 21, 25 world, I think we are in one. Because it is just, who is the authority? And if you say God's word is the authority, you know, you're looked at like what planet do you live on? This is the authority? This is supposed to be the authority for my life? and But it's not. The benchmark, everyone thinks to me that they are the benchmark for what they say goes on in their life. When the Bible tells us we are not our own, we're bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. And a lot has went through to get us to that point. So that's why it is just not being and just not saying, well, you know what I think? Really and truly, and I'm saying me, not you. It really doesn't matter what I think. What matters is what this holy word says. And really and truly, the wisdom to be able to rightly divide this truth. Now, the Bible says in Proverbs 31, 31 of our lesson, it says, give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Now, wisdom is going to produce tangible results in our lives. Now, there is a book. It's um, Hidden Figures. It speaks of the American dream and the untold story of black mathematicians who helped win the space rate, recounts the lives of the forgotten pioneers. Now, really, if there's ever really a truly a sad story in American history, this is it. This is some women who bravely overcame obstacles to help each other reach the stars, help others. Literally, they referred to these women as human calculators. Literally, these women demonstrated their skills by engaging some of the most complex math, even the most advanced computers of their day could not do. These human supercomputers helped put America into orbit around the earth. At the height of the Cold War, their Russian 
uh, excuse me, their co-workers and the nation desperately wanted to beat the Russians ever since the Soviet Union had jumped out to the early lead in the space race. Surging past the United States with Sputnik, with the Sputnik satellite and the first human in the space. However, these women dealt with another type of war on their own soil. They fought battles of prejudice, gender discriminations on a daily basis. The Langley Research Center was segregated and prescribed not only separate restrooms, but also a separate segregated table in the cafeteria for black employees. And they were, if they was not belittled for their race, they was belittled for their gender. Now here is these women. It's saying, discriminate against us if you want, but we love our country just as much as you do. And we will prove it. And here is these ladies that says, you know what? You do this to us. We'll just let you get to space by yourself. They didn't do that. The wisdom that these black women showed is unremarkable to do in the face of this. And, and you know, um, me being white, I don't know if I, and I don't know if I could have understood literally what they went through. I know what, what I, all I know is what I'm like. You mess with me a little bit, next thing you're going to say is, where's Kenneth? Somebody's seen him leave. But what these ladies showed is truly remarkable. You know, they just went all past, all past of what was done to them. For the love of America. And I'm telling you, that is truly remarkable. Despite all of their challenges, these women acted in wisdom, outperforming their male counterparts and finding solutions, others that they simply could not find. As America reached for the stars, these women mathematicians reached far beyond what anyone else thought they could achieve. And without them, the United States would not have won the space race. And for so long, nothing was said. These women just, all of a sudden, let's just put them in the back, don't say anything about them. Their wisdom produced tangible result of putting a man in Earth's orbit amid a flare of rockets, flashing cameras, and a sea of prejudice. The worth of these ladies of wisdom was forgotten until one day somebody finally told their story and the world saw their sheer knowledge, composure, and persistence in the face of adversity. Although it took far too long for the success of their story to get off the ground, they proved America could not soar unless these wise women helped their nation go boldly where it never had gone before. And that's not a quote from Star Trek. Okay. What I'm saying is truly remarkable and it's truly sad that these women had to wait so long to get the credit. But here again, flip that over. These women did it not just for the credit because they knew they wasn't going to get no credit. In other words, if, if let's just flip it all the way to church. If I'm doing something just so I know I can have the pastor call my name, let me look in the mirror and say, I'm doing it for the wrong reason. God knows what's being done and who's gonna get the credit for it. These ladies says, I'm doing this if my name is never called. 
And it was truly sad the way it happened and it took so many years to get to this point. But their love and their wisdom is truly worth mentioning. They helped, they helped. Now, wisdom is displayed through our actions. The fable of the ant and the grasshopper shows the importance of planning for the future. The grasshopper just plays and whittles away all his days while the ant is gathering food for the winter. During the summer, some might have viewed the grasshopper as the wisest of the pair. He's the one having a good time. You know, it's warm and cozy, the sun's shining. What do I know about winter? Let's just go have a good time, the wiser. But come winter, the wisdom of the ant is going to stand tall. The grasshopper looked desperate and foolish among anyone who would choose to jump on his bandwagon. We must not simply think ourselves to be wise. We must demonstrate the practices of wisdom. And we must choose right over wrong. And we must prefer the eternal over the temporary. And sometimes that's where we have trouble. For we only live in the temporary. We have only seen the temporary. And when God gives us demonstrations and tells us to plan for the eternal, but I have never seen the eternal. If God don't anoint my mind with spirit and with human wisdom of some kind of eternal consequence, I don't know nothing about the eternal. But here in his wisdom, to believe what God said and what God wrote. He said, if you would apply yourself and do this, then you're going to gain beyond what your mind would ever comprehend or comprehend, you know, so we can have this. We must embrace wisdom and just do away with the foolishness. Now, we do know that Proverbs 1 at the end depicts wisdom as a woman known as Lady Wisdom. She cries out in, in, to the unwise in desperate attempt to help their change their foolish ways. When we move to the end of the book, we see that Proverbs 31 represents a woman embodying uh, wisdom and she has many attributes worth following. Now, uh, if you will, I want to, I don't think I gave this to them, but um, turn with me to uh, Proverbs, the end of Proverbs. I just want to just point one thing out. Proverbs 31. And this is me, and this is just me. All right, Proverbs 31 and 1 says, The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. Now, this is me. You don't have to jump on the bandwagon. The words of King Lemuel, I say, is Solomon. The prophecy that his mother, which would be Bathsheba, taught him. Now, what I, what I see in this is here, and I'm just going to appear I'm right. I'm not saying I am, but I do think Lemuel is Solomon. And this is Bathsheba. Now, most of you know the Bible. That his prophecy that his mother, and I want to say this without being too crude, but if I say anything you don't like, just forgive me. Look at the way Bathsheba was acquired. David was the king. If anybody had a reason to be negative, it would be Bathsheba. 
If we would have read, let me tell you some things about your father that needs to be explained to you about men. It would have been Bathsheba. But the Bible says that his mother taught him. This is just a woman that God has anointed that had every reason in the world. She didn't have a choice. Bathsheba did not have a choice in the matter. It, her husband was taken and murdered by David. So here is this, it's going on, and she's just someone that's there. What do you do? How can you say to the king, you got no business doing this. You took my husband and murdered him. What are you going to do? Murder me now too? But here is this, here is the Bible showing us this woman, and it only, I believe it could only come about with God pouring his love and mercy and humility in her to teach this to Solomon. So during this, we see this. Like I said, I'm not asking you to believe it. I do. So I'm saying that this, this is known, her first, a uh, Proverbs 34, 30, 31 woman, her first attribute is her strong relationship with her husband built, get this, on trust. On trust. I'm saying, only God could anoint her to say that. They wouldn't wanted me to have the pen. He knows that she will bring him good and not evil throughout his life. This is amazing. In a present day world of broken marriages, separation, divorce, we would do well to the maintenance of a good relationship. Her second attribute is her strong worth ethic and helps to prepare for the future. She makes garments, works diligently throughout the night, often getting little sleep before rising early the next day. She's often found at the spindle. The clothing she produces can be, can be sold or salt or, even, or, 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 or even used for her own household or even for the winter. She herself wears strength and dignity and does not fear for the future. Her third attribute reveals her superhuman as a businesswoman. Some might think this business uh, transactions are only part of the mind of a man's world, but the Bible says otherwise. The Proverbs 31 woman evaluates a field and purchases it. During Crete's, the wealth of her family, she plants a vineyard, whether trading in garments or of her vineyard's field uh, yield, her business is profitable. Now she takes, here is this, she purchases a field. She evaluates a field and purchases it. Now, I would just like to think and tell, and I know there's two sides of this story, so women don't think I'm just picking on one side. Well, where the Bible says she takes and evaluates and she uh, field and purchases it, ground, ground. There is truly, it is truly remarkable 
the effect a woman can have on her husband. For here, here is this woman taking this, evaluating a field, and purchases it. Now, her business is profitable, and while most of the efforts is centered on her household, her fourth attribute shows that she cares for others in the community. She gives to the poor. The needy knows she will be willing to offer them her helping hand. She also teaches others. She's renowned for her wisdom and faithful instruction. The needy who follow her wisdom and example may be able to use her assistance in teaching others to get out of poverty. This is truly a remarkable passage of a woman. Really, the wise woman, she's lauded for her many abilities. Her children call her blessed. Her husband praises her because she fears the Lord. Others in the city gates honor her. Her life reveals patterns into which everyone can aspire. And it's through wisdom it can manifest itself in many different ways. Some may choose many different methods or money to meet the needs of others, but all of us should follow the example of Proverbs 31, that they fear the Lord and that we would fear the Lord in everything we do, everything. Now, we would all do well to seek the wisdom that comes from the Proverbs 31 woman and hear her fear of God in a world full of life, coaches, self-help books, and peddlers of so-called common sense, we must diligently seek the wisdom of God, discover this wisdom in Scripture. When we read and obey the Word of God, we find ourselves walking, uh, walking with the wise. Now, and it's truly, we, there is so many books, um, ministers, um, but truly the most remarkable books when it comes to wisdom is the Bible. It is truly, and there's nothing wrong with, with self-help books, but literally, if I take and, le and put the Bible down and just listen to a minister of trying to gain wisdom just from that minister, I think I'm doing myself a disservice. But first, I should gain knowledge from the Bible and listen to my pastor and take and study his word and his, and his guidance from Scripture. I should not be trying to get just human wisdom. I should try to dwell on godly wisdom that comes from his word and not just try to just have a humanistic type wisdom. We share the wisdom and uh, perseverance of Joseph when he refused temptation. We learn from the mistakes of Moses, discovering that our motives may be sometimes good, but our methods may not yield the desired results. We strive to be faithful followers like Joshua learning from one of the world's most greatest leaders as we glean from the knowledge required to take the children of slaves and turn them into the strongest fighting forces ever assembled. We see the power of prayer and fasting and obedience to the Lord through the godly wisdom of Esther. We recognize the importance of timing when it was determined that God has called us to the kingdom for a specific season. To acquire more wisdom, we read Proverbs and find these uh, items. Many are exemplified in Proverbs 31, woman. We learn how to work with others more effectively 
We find passages that teach us to develop our relationships. Although literally our time on earth is relatively short, we learn how to prepare for the future by engaging in sound financial uh, principles. The world has many books, but only one book, the Bible, has the breadth and depth of wisdom. We truly need to navigate this life and the life to come. We shouldn't allow this by this book just to sit on a shelf by itself. We should take it, read it, hide it in our heart. Nim, the fear of the Lord truly is the beginning of wisdom. To reverence it. We display this reverence through faith in Jesus Christ. But he demands more of us as that we would say of just signing a church role or just showing up or doing this. But we must repent, baptize in his name, receive the Holy Ghost. But that is literally, as we would say, just the beginning. It is just the start. Our reverence to the Lord must be displayed through real, real worlds such as our actions. Texans have a saying when it comes to their people. They can look at an individual and say, he's all hat and no cattle. But many people go to the uh, local store and you can buy the 10-gallon hat by the boots and the buckle, but that's only showing the part. You know, you can't be the part, as we would say, the proofs in the pudding. Um, but the pretenders, you know, and and sadly to say that that could be me. You know, I could put on everything and have the suit, come in, clap on, try to clap on time, and come in here and sing. And but really, and. We got to have it inside of us. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter how much we try to have outward holy if I don't have inward holy. And we say it all the time. To have it inside, it's going to reflect the outside. But we need to have it truly hid in our heart hid inside of us but when we have this when we have this some of the people some of the disciples literally they said Jesus you got some hard sayings basically in our language they just laid down the book and left you know we can't hear this we can't hear this this is too hard they just said we're done and while many may say the proof is in the pudding the Texans may say, all hat and no cattle, but the Bible says wisdom is justified by her children. In other words, wisdom is justified by what it produces. And that's truly correct. Some things seems to be wise or right, but then they're not. Wisdom always withstands the test of time. Like Proverbs 31 Woman, wisdom's children rise up and call her blessed. We simply not we we must not simply follow these teachings of wisdom, but we must practically engage her teachings in our lives. When we come to the house of God, we may humbly realize we like wisdom, and just like the fake cowboy, we don't want to be a pretender, or like the rich young young ruler, we need to go a little bit further in our walk with God. But when we continue to follow God, the preaching of the ministry, 
and we can do what we need and put the effort in and because many of us stick around because we have tasted and seen that the Lord, he is good. He is good. Chefs, chefs can work hard. Some have seen to, to make all the best, to make this newfangled thing and it, only to at the very end be just bested out by this little old cake over here that a grandma got from her grandma. So when it comes to taste, the proof is in the pudding. And I'm telling you, the Bible is going to stand the test of time. So no matter how good somebody speaks, no matter how eloquent they seem or, or, or what they're doing, and the Bible even speaks of somebody being able to perform miracles. If the Bible don't back up what they're doing, you leave them alone <laughs> because the Bible is going to be the final word, the final word. The greatest technologies in the world seem amazing, yet cannot ignore that they have been produced with the same spirit of ingenuity and diligently that led to the wheel, the wagon, the automobile, and sad to say, the electric car, and so forth. Although some parts of the formula may change and seem more innovative, essential parts for the recipe for success always remain the same. God so loved that he gave. Some fail to learn the lesson of wisdom. They want the blessing, but without any cost in the present or the future. Many in Jesus' day, what they wanted is a Messiah to come and give them authority over the Romans. But that is not why the Lord came that day. It was not to take over as they wanted. They expected a crushing defeat over their enemies and the inauguration of a new kingdom. They reasoned that this divine power, the Messiah, would require little sacrifice on the part of others, but how wrong they were. Jesus could have chosen what we would say the easy way out. He even prayed for the cup to pass, but he could had prayed for all of our sins to be forgiven right then. He knew the law required a sacrifice. He proved his love by dying on the cross for us. It is essential for us to do the right thing for the right reasons. And it's not just, it's not just right. You know, that just seems right to me. Really? We must do right with the right reason. You know, because doing right, somebody could had me convinced, you know, I'll tell you what, that guy makes a lot of sense. Is it human sense he's making? Or is it godly wisdom that he is speaking? We got to have the spirit of discernment to know the difference. And I want to do right for, with the right reason. I think you understand what I'm saying is follow the word of God. No matter what someone is saying and what I'm hearing. And we must show our faith and demonstrate our love for him through our constant godly actions. Daily, we must follow the wise path, develop our relationship with the Lord through prayer, reading, and meditating on his word. And we must show our love 
as Galatians 10 states, 610, we must therefore, if we have therefore opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially them on the household of faith. The Proverbs 31 woman, we, we should provide for our families and of the household of faith. We should also love our neighbors, help those in our community. We simply cannot worry about them being filled with the Holy Ghost without helping ensure their bellies are filled. James declared the importance of having faith and works. We must believe for the salvation and actively seek the betterment and basic human needs. The Proverbs 31 woman did not simply feed the needy. She taught the principles of wisdom that made her successful. Now, in closing, I'll tell this story that's part of the lesson. There's this woman that takes, and she has... Um, been going to basically the same grocery store for years. And she goes, and when she would go, she would meet others, and she would talk to them and just try to share a little wisdom. And for the most part, people accepted it. And as time grew on, it just got seemed like the crowd got less willing to listen. They just really didn't want to hear what the lady had to say. So the lady, her health began to decline. So did the neighborhood. Um, she remembered one day of the tape being at the store. And someone had robbed the store. And so she couldn't believe it. The neighborhood was going down. Everything was going bad. And the people, when she tried to go back to the store, people was rather blunt to her and just said, um, Grandma, my business is my business. It's not your business. And so the lady just wanted to help, and she just wanted to um, say, but her health had got bad. She wasn't able to speak that loud. So one day she had went and... Literally, two men um, literally knocked her down at her vehicle and took and um, what they did was give her a blow in the head and it wound up taking her life. And what the lady, what the people didn't know is is that all the years that the lady had spoke um, to people, it had started to come out. I guess people had started to remember the words that the lady had spoke. And after the lady had passed, and so much started coming out that even the man, uh, he even told the buddy who was with him, she's nothing but an old lady she doesn't need this food. He got so, I don't know if the word would be convicted, but he got so bothered by what he had done that he literally turned himself in. And so, but through all the years, this old lady, as they put, had scrimped and saved money and put money in different categories, and at her will, 
she had four or five places that that money was designated to help the community. And all of a sudden, this old lady became the hero of the town. But the sad thing of it is, it had to come at her death. But here is wisdom. She took and provided for the future even after she was gone. Is that people seen what they thought they were seeing was just an old lady. But she had provided for that town in which she loved. And it was just at the use of wisdom that time had not, would not erade or erode what had happened and the whole town seen and got there, the men that did it, and they was held accountable for it. And the town all of a sudden had a hero and grew to love this lady, all in wisdom. And that's what we're praying. We're asking God, help us, help us have wisdom and know and know wisdom. I'm going to ask you to stand. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.